All right, uh, welcome to the podcast. My name is Brad Arndt. Um, I'm the host of, of this podcast. I've got uh, Erica Vergara, uh, who is my, my co-host on, on this. And just a, a little bit background about myself. I've uh, been involved in media for many years. I spent over 15 years working in, in media, producing a variety of, of different types of media and uh, got out, spent some time in sales and marketing and ended coming back in copyright and intellectual property protection. And <clears throat> now I've decided to expand out a little bit and, and do this podcast. So we're going to see how this goes. I don't know how, uh, how we're, what we're going to name the podcast yet or, or, or what this is eventually going to turn into, but uh, what I wanted to, to kind of get into um, about this podcast is just I have a desire to to learn and, and to be a, a leader and, and figure out some things in business. So Erica has been a, a good cohort and a colleague who, who also geeks out on this type of stuff with me. Uh, I have an economics degree. Erica has an economics degree. So we, we at least have that together. So um Erica, how about uh, introducing yourself as, as well to everybody before we get into this? Hi, great. So my name is Erica Vergara. Um, I am new to media, I guess, um, but not a stranger since I'm a millennial. Um, I have, I do have a degree in economics. Um, I'm an experienced analyst and researcher. And, you know, I'm big on data and big on media, and that's why I'm here. Well, thank you for, <clears throat> for joining me and, and going down this road. For, for the people that are listening, and this, this is our first episode, so we might have like five listeners. Um, we'll see. And, and I, I know none of those will be my parents because <laughs> they don't know what the heck a podcast is. So maybe I can get some sympathetic friends that will download it. Um, we don't know what the name of this is, but one of the things, you know, this, uh, this podcast uh, is going to be going out here on the 1st of June, um, of 2020. And I, I can't imagine years from now, people are, are, are going to soon forget what happened this year with COVID-19 and, and how that's impacted, uh, just everybody. It's, it's a truly shared global experience. And as we've kind of been coming out of this and there's, places are slowly starting to open up and people are trying to figure out how they go back to work and some people are going back to work. There's been a lot of things that that I've kind of looked at and wondered myself, how are people, you know, managing that and what does it look like when you're a manager or a leader within a company and what what are the new challenges that we're going to face when we come through this? So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I think, things that are going to change they talk about you know what's the new normal and so what what we want to do with this podcast at least right now is kind of look into you know how are people going to handle some of these things and i wanted to start off with this first episode because erica um and eric and i work together we've worked together now for it's almost um what gonna be two years it's like a year and a half i think so far yeah. it's october of 2018 yeah so um so yeah, so I, I've had a great chance to, to work with Eric and she's had a, a unique experience um, because of, of her situation. We're going to get into that a little bit. And um, that's actually what, we're, what I wanna start talking about. But you know, what, 
what challenges other people face and what I'm hoping is that as we put this out, we'll hear from other individuals who are going to be able to maybe tell us about their challenges or you know share ideas because I certainly don't have all the questions or all the answers. I do have a lot of questions. Um, and Eric and I often bounce them off each other as well with like, hey, I don't know. Well, what about this? What about that? So so anyway, so that's kind of what what we're doing uh, and, and what we hope to at least start going with this podcast. And we'll just see where things go from there. So yeah. Um, so with Erica, I just want to introduce kind of the, our, our few our five listeners maybe um, to you and, and just kind of briefly set you up. So I want to turn this over to you, Erica. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I've known Erica for a little over a year and a half. Uh, she's worked remotely uh, and I've, I'm I hate saying that I'm your manager. <laughs> I get the privilege to work with Erica, really. For anybody who know, knows Erica, um, it really is a privilege to be able to, to work with her because she brings such a great attitude. And I think that's one of the things that I've seen just as, um, you know, as a, a leader in, in trying to work with different people, you know, you always have a positive attitude about stuff and you've got such unique view on things, but you've really struggled as you've, I, well, I shouldn't say struggled. You've had some kind of nice things. You've adapted, um, but then you you have had some struggles with kind of working remote because there's the pluses and minuses. And I think for what everybody is experiencing in this whole COVID nineteen and work from home environment, um, you know, everybody's kind of like, "Oh, great, I get to work from home." And you've been working from home <laughs> essentially for the past um, like year or so. So, um, could you kind of tell everybody, you know? your situation and you know and how you started and, and kind of got into this and what your thoughts have been as you know over the past kind of year and a half as things have changed um for your work life sure so i've actually thinking about it now i've actually been working remote um i started sort of working remote in 2015 for a bit um, I was an independent contractor for for a job that I had in financial services, and then I went to grad school. Um, but coming back, um, I did get hired um, as a regular, you know, in a regular job work environment, which was, you know, going to an office in, in Burbank in California within Los Angeles. And, you know, working in the information technology industry, um, you know, that that industry in itself is no stranger to to virtual uh, you know, virtual work. So we, we have offices all over the country. Um, and, you know, my team, when I came on board, my team was predominantly in, in London. So it was just me and someone, uh, someone else in, in our team that were located physically in Burbank. So, um, it, it was definitely interesting to kind of come into, um, an environment where you were working with other people, but at the same time, they weren't part of your team. So um, it, was a, it was a bit unique um, in that way. Um, I think the challenging part was when we actually, the company decided to close the, the office down, you know, and um, everybody um, sort of went their separate ways in terms of like, you know, our other offices with where, you know, whether it was San Francisco or, you know, somewhere in the East Coast or in, in Boise, Idaho, where you are, Brad. So 
I, after that, you know, I think, I think it was a little exciting at first to, you know, and, and I had this sort of, I was incredibly privileged to have that opportunity to work um, really wherever I wanted. Right. So I kind of had that leeway, um, you know, and obviously leaving LA for me was a huge change because, you know, obviously cost of living there was a little bit higher than where I am. I'm actually just outside of Portland um, on the Washington state side. Um, and it was definitely a challenge, I would say, um, you know, in the beginning because it was exciting. It was exciting. And I, it was also challenging um, because, you know, you still have to, um, you know, adhere to a schedule um, even though, you know, within, within, the area of where we work, um, a schedule doesn't really exist just based on, you know, what we do um, in, <laughs> within, you know, within within what we do, which is, you know, anti-piracy. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm sorry I had to laugh there, but it's just, <laughs> I, I remember, I, I do remember a couple of times when it was, you know, back in April of 2020 and everything shut down and it's like, 11 o'clock at night and we're both talking and holding a meeting the things that you would just would never do it's like what the heck else are you going to to do or I'd, I'd be talking with people you know with some of our teammates on the other side of the world during their day and they're like why are you up so late I'm like what else am I going to do everything shut down and it's yeah it's just and I think that's been one of the the uh the challenges too as we've gone through this whole shutdown with with COVID-19 but uh Sorry, I, I interrupted you, but go ahead. You, you just made me brought back some some funny memories as over the past couple of months. Positive things from from this. Show yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's interesting because you know I was working remote, completely remote, like starting a year and a half ago already. And you know I was I was probably the only one in the team that was working like this, aside from like our other colleagues on on the sales side. But you know thinking about it and how. How for me at first it was it was very um, it was very exciting you know um, to to be able to to kind of have that leeway and and just create my own schedule in a way obviously within within the the time zones that that I could speak with with the rest of my team who's in Boise um, but you know but after a while you know which didn't last too long I would say even like four or five months within my you know, the start of my work, working remote, I, I gotta, I gotta admit it was a little bit uncomfortable um, and not necessarily because I didn't have an office space or anything like that. I, I obviously, um, when I became a remote worker, um, I made sure that that was one of the first things that I created for myself to have some structure um, and be able to, to really do my job effectively. But, you know, I, I, I was a little uncomfortable because um, I really lacked that social connectivity. Um, you know, after a few months, I, I thought maybe this is not really ideal. You know, you know, having to to sort of you know speak to my team on phone calls and not necessarily like in person. You know, you kind of you, you need that a little bit of that um, sort of face to face. Um, you know, you, I don't, I don't know how, how you would describe it. 
that that inter that interaction, yeah, that yeah. human touch um, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and I I, I think that's a thing that you really. Um, you know that you you talked about a lot how you know b- before this whole COVID thing it's like oh I'd love to get to the office, um, you know and just see everything and and I mean we've we've been great I think to work for uh, a good company where you know we've been able to bring you out and we we've, we've done some kind of team building things um, but even at that part you know we do have some team members that are are remote um, you know over in Europe and everything and so doing a full team building exercise, we've always had to work kind of remotely as a team. But I I think that, and the thing that was interesting as I've thought about this of, you know, kind of leading the team and and how to to even just work together as a team through this whole COVID thing, um, you know, this this work from home thing came on just Mm -hmm. so fast and hard and everybody had to adapt. We were very fortunate in, in that we've had a virtual team and, and other virtual team members that we had to work with. So we were pretty well set up, um, you know, before this all hit, which made, you know, working from home for us um, a much easier transition, I think, than than most people. Um, but the interesting thing that I've found as we've gone through this and what I've started to hear just recently is some of the same things that that you're talking about, you know, when we started off on this whole, this whole work from home, you, you were one of the first things I, or one of the first people I remember who, who was saying, Hey, can we do a virtual happy hour? And, and so we did that, you know, we did a, a couple of those, we're able to, to get that done. And, you know, I, man, when we did that first one, it was, it was nice. It was nice to see everybody again and, you know, put, have all the faces there and you know it was great that we had people across was like 10 different time zones um, that we were covering between all the different team members um you know that that helped i think but then what i've seen lately and, and of course we can't do this because our team is remote and not everybody is in one place but for other team members in our company where they are all located in a particular office they've had like these trunk ups or trunk meetups, whatever, where they all come into the parking lot and park their cars with social distancing and all that sort of stuff and sit in the back of their trunks and just talk shop or just talk social and, you know, get, get together, but not have to worry about infecting (laughs) each other potentially. Um, But now it's like, I, I feel that honeymoon phase of the work from home of, oh, this is great. And I get to be there. It's now coming into reality. And I think that's where you've been, where it's like, man, I kind of miss some of that, um, you know, that, that interaction and that, that social piece. I wonder how many people are going to start feeling that more and more, you know, they think that, oh, working from home is fantastic. And then, you know, now we see the reality of it when you have to do it every single day, every single week, month after month yeah. after month. It's not a, every, everything that's cut out to be when, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I, I you know, and I, I felt that, you know, perhaps eight months ago, right? And it was, it was obviously before I even ever thought of anything like this happening. I mean, remote work is, was, was rare, you know, it was like, 
what other industries call it like telework is that right yeah it's like it it was rare and 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 if if you were working from home it was seen as like oh you're in your pajamas you know or you're you know working you know you know emailing someone on your i don't know on your bed you know or you just roll out kind of i don't know i just seemed so like unstructured and almost seen as like just not not ideal and and you know one of the things that i that i thought of like after my honeymoon phase as you called it was well you know now that i had this opportunity that they've allowed me to re- you know work remote um i have to make sure that you know my company knows and my management knows <laughs> that you know um that i'm still working and that i'm i'm efficient and that i'm productive because that's one of the things that i felt like i had to prove myself <laughs> to management you know saying okay well they've allowed me to work remote now i have to ensure you know that i'm that they know that i'm i'm being productive at it so i think that's kind of like where a lot of people um slowly but surely have you know tried to figure out how they can be productive during this time and remain productive and you know without really losing um you know really losing kind of that job um structure that they had in the office so yeah and i i think that's a difference too now between you know, prior to COVID-19 work from home, it was so different. And, and there were, you know, there was a lot of people who would kind of, you know, they'd be work from home gurus or whatever. And, and they, and there's a lot of good advice, you know, setting boundaries, having a good workspace, you know, all those kind of things that can help you set a balance between a, a work and home life. Um, you know, obviously when, when everything gets shut down, like we were talking about earlier, it's, it's hard to draw those boundaries because you can't go to anything else. But I think going forward, it's, it's also going to be very different because prior to this, it was really up to the work from home person to figure out how to do that. And it, you know, it was like, Oh, you can use email. You can do this thing. One thing that never really hit me. And I, if you remember early on, I did try to push this a little bit, um, but it, it was, wasn't always the case was just people being on camera. So when we'd have meetings, if somebody couldn't be in the meeting saying, Hey, I want you on camera or for, you know, for people who worked in Europe, when they would call in, it's like, Hey, I, I want you to be on camera, man. I never realized how much that really helped to connect until literally I didn't get to see any of you for weeks and weeks. And then, you know, we finally started all getting on camera and, and people were happy to, but it was not even with only our team, but with other people in the company, being able to see people who I've talked to for years, but never saw them. And now finally I have seen, I have literally seen more people in the company without having to travel to their offices. And it really makes a huge difference. And I think that's one of those things that before, this time a lot of people it's like oh it's kind of nice if you can 
I think going forward, that's one of the things that if you're going to work from home, I definitely want to to be able to see you. And I, I want to to have that connection because it's it's not just checking to make sure. Are you in your pajamas? You know, I want to make sure you're there. It's it really is about having that personal connection. And, you know, if you're a leader that cares, if you're somebody that cares about that that other individual, it's knowing are they understanding what you're talking about? Are they engaged? Do they have questions? Because there's so many things we lose with just that, the audio part, if you don't have that visual piece. Um, I don't know. Did you, have you felt that? Did you notice that? Because you you definitely would have a different take on that, I think. In terms of seeing someone in video? On camera. Yeah, having all these, you know, because now we have all these video calls and all that sort of stuff. And prior to this, you know, no, everybody would just be on the phone or, you know, they would yeah, and just I, have a call. They wouldn't turn on their cameras. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, you know, even though, you know, working in a virtual like environment, that was definitely necessary, right. To have these calls with all the offices that we have around the world. Um, that was definitely necessary in terms of communication, but like, yeah, you're right. We wouldn't see people. Um, and at the same time, you know, we wouldn't, I feel like we kind of lose, um, we sort of lose some people in terms of, of, you know, whether or not they're listening to what we're saying or whether or not they're engaging to, to a certain extent because we don't really see them on cam. Um, but, you know, with, with camera now, I, and you're right, I've seen more of my colleagues now than before. <laughs> um, on cam and and I'm like oh that's what you look like now you know so it's yeah it's definitely something um something that I value because you're able to get a little bit more from you know certain like expressions and certain like body language that really adds to um to the conversation to how you feel how you think they feel about a certain subject that you bring up uh, whether they agree or they don't agree or they're, you know, neutral about a, a certain position without even really saying anything. So I think, I think that's, that's very important to have. And one of the other things, I, I don't know if this is, if you've felt the same way, but um, during, you know, during the shutdown, the other thing, because I knew I was going to be on cam, um, you know, but before this, when we had phone calls, I would get up and, you know, it'd be seven in the morning, I'd have a phone call with somebody in Europe. And I might be in, you know, my pajamas drinking coffee from home, and then get ready and go into the office and be in the office at, you know, 9930, whenever my morning meetings got done. Um, but I'd get out of bed and kind of get going. Well, now, because I knew I would be on camera, I'm up earlier, I'm showered, I'm dressed, I'm ready, and I'm I'm ready for my day, because I don't want to be you know, it's like, oh, yeah, Brad just clearly rolled out of bed yeah. and he looks like hell, right? Like, I want to be, I'm working. And so I, I have found that camera presence has also caused me to be, you know, you talk about setting boundaries. It's helped me to better establish some of those boundaries because, all right, I need to get to bed on this time. I need to wake up at this time so I can be ready. And I'm working. And it's been that that mental mindset of, all right, I am, I'm here and I'm present and I'm, I'm putting forth my effort. And I, that's one of the things that I've noticed at least, um, you know, as a, a result of this whole shutdown and, and being on camera that just 
that simple piece, knowing that I had to be on camera and made, made it uh, a little bit easier to establish some of those boundaries. Um, yeah. Cause it was home and, and, and work. So um, the, if one of the other things too, that I, I think as we go through this, that's different, uh, that's as we kind of go through this honeymoon phase, I talked earlier about how it was up to the, the user to, you know, the, the employee to figure out how to work from home. And they, they kind of had to do some of these things. And now you're finding companies having to figure out how all of their employees can work from home and how are they going to, going to communicate? Because it's no longer just about one or two or 10 employees who need to communicate with one or two handful of different managers to have that kind of accountability. Um, you know, now it's, it's having to quickly adapt a lot of kind of band-aids uh, of this free software. You know, how can I get out there and what, I, what can I get done quickly and how much is it going to cost? So sometimes, you know, they'll look at, I think that's kind of why Zoom took off because it was real easy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've known, I have known too of a, a company that started using Zoom didn't realize that one of the limits was like, I think 45 minutes in the free version. So they, they scheduled their first meeting in Zoom and they scheduled it for an hour and a half because that was how long it usually went. It was, and there's, I think there's like 20 people on the call and 45 minutes into it, boom, it cuts off. <laughs> and they're like, what the heck? It's just like, what, what did we do? Who, who hit the off button? You know, they didn't realize that, that there was a time limit on this. And so, you know, there's, I think there's been a ton of lessons like that as people have been, you know, trying to figure out some of these tools and figure out how do they use, you know, cause it's, it goes beyond email. It's the, the video conferencing, it's the instant messaging with tools like Slack and Teams, um, you know, and there's some free versions there, but what you can do, how many messages, how long you can keep history and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think it's it's uh, it's been difficult for the companies to try to figure out some of those things, and I think as we move forward, you know, it, the the other part of this honeymoon phase is just that this, like I said, it, it, this was came on quickly, and so as we get out of the honeymoon phase, that's where I wonder, um, you know, I'm. I'm curious in this return to work part, mm -hmm. what is it really going to look like when we start returning to work? Because what was a Band-Aid, you know, that company that I was talking about now, they don't have the free version. They, they have, you know, a few accounts that are paid. So they've, they've matured in the, the past two months in terms of how they use that. You're starting to see other you know, companies mature and how they they're figuring out to do how to do this work from home. But, you know, there's there's a lot of discussion going on about, you know, and, and I think tech companies are, are the big ones because they're naturally technical. They naturally have people who tend to be more tech savvy, um, probably early adopters of, of kind of software. And, you know, you've got somebody like Twitter who has said, oh, we're going to allow permanently working from home. Um, you know, forever. If you want to work from home, you can work from home. Uh, then there's Google, who, despite what I've heard a lot of people say, it's like, oh, well, Twitter and Google have said you can work from home forever. Well, that's not necessarily the case with Google. Google's CEO came out, I think, uh, a 
week ago or or so, I, I read an article, I think it was on uh, CNBC, where he was talking about uh, they're going to start coming back to the office for some people like in, in July and later in the fall. So you've got one large tech giant that everybody knows, like Google, um, who is going to start slowly bringing people back. And then you've got another one like Twitter, who just said, oh, you can all work from home and, you know, forever. It's that I think is going to be an interesting um, kind of case study as, as we move forward. And I think they're going to set the trend as well for other companies like ours, big, small um, people looking at them to see what should we do, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's. Yeah. Like there, there needs, you know, where do you find the balance in, in that, you know, if, if you are, you know, going to be working from home and it's okay, you know, like what, you know, maybe what particular positions, you know, would, what is, it's more ideal to work from home. Cause that's also like on an industry basis, not, not all industries, you know, can are, have the ability to work from home. You know, uh, we're very fortunate to, you know, be working in this industry in the information technology where, you know, a group, a huge part of, you know, our positions are, we're able to take remote. Um, so I think, yeah, like, where do you find that balance, like with a company that big, like Google or, or, or Twitter, and, and also, you know, be able to collaborate, because I, that's one of the things that I find actually a little bit more challenging is collaborating with people, you know, on a certain project, um, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's really difficult when you have, you know, five, five to six people on the phone versus, you know, in person, you know, or two to three people like, you know, collaborating with you on a certain, um, project in person. So. Oh yeah. And that, that can depend too, um, on, you know, what is your internet yeah. connection like? I mean, it's speeds are, are mm -hmm. better. But, you know, does, can your company, can your company afford fiber or are they on, you know, it's, it's something that they would think is fast. I remember I, I worked for a company where, you know, they were sitting here and talking about like, oh yeah, no, this is great. We've got like, you know, 50 megabytes is, is our speed on this. It's like, okay, that's 50 megabytes down and you're wanting to do VoIP phone system and calling and all this sort of routing. So we need to look at what your upload is because that's that's going out and in and you know it's there's so much more behind that. And some people don't know. They're just used to, you know, they take what they have as a consumer at home and saying, hey, internet service provider, um, can I get some more speed? My kids are watching you know, YouTube and they're gaming on their Xbox and then I want to watch something and I need to check my work emails and do some things. So what do I need? And, you know, your home internet service provider says here, buy, buy this other part. This is the, uh, this is going to be more speed. But when you're really talking some of this tech stuff, it, it gets into upload speed, download speed, what is your latency, all, all that kind of stuff that could create some barriers, I think, for, for yeah, some companies. Um, to add to that, yeah. like also like confidentiality, right? I mean, for example, oh, yeah. like financial services, you know, firms that give, 
you know, their employees' laptops and, you know, things like that with, with confidential, like, information, you know, the where, you know, how do you, how do you kind of maintain that and ensure, like, the level of security, you know, is, is to the same sort of standard? And the same thing in the, the medical world with all the uh, HIPAA mm -hmm. protections, um, yeah, how do you, I, I guess it's one thing if you're sitting at, at your office behind a firewall, uh, you know, that's, that's one thing. But now when you're at home, that firewall connection, that's, that's not there. You, you don't have that. Um, you know, so is your internet secured? Uh, you, you and I both know from, from the work we're in, in terms of anti-piracy, how many people, you know, oh, I didn't download that music file. <laughs> what do you mean? I, what? Secure my network? I don't know. Oh, well, my son's friend came over the other night and they were talking about this. Right. Uh, yep. So you're, you're sharing your password. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, I think that's going to be interesting as well. Um, oh, man, I can't even imagine the, the potential liabilities there that companies could, you know, expose them themselves to and then you know so now you're talking about learning how to use a vpn uh potentially all that sort of stuff it's i think it's going that's one of the things that i think will change as we mature because like i said i, I think they were band-aids a lot of these things were band-aids how can we do work from home right now because if you are one of those businesses that's been fortunate enough to continue working during this whole shutdown you had to start working because as long as you can continue to be in business, even if you're making less revenue, you had to be making whatever revenue you could so that, you know, hopefully you can last as we slowly start to come out of this. Um, so one, one of the other things I, I wanted to kind of, I don't have a good segue for this one, but I, I wanted to, to talk about too, is we get kind of the new returning to work part um, in the one of the same articles that I was reading about Google in their, um, you know, returning to work, they've actually had, uh, and this is on CNBC, they they actually have had to tell their employees that they can't expense free food or repurpose unused bud unused budgets, um, you know, for for things that you used to get when you went into an office, um, and so we're both economists. How do you think that's going to play out when we come back to work and what it might look like? You know, I mean, gosh, what do you do for a campus that had free food? Um, you know, even, I know even in our location, again, you worked, you're work, working remotely, but we're in the office here in, in Boise, we've already talked about how do you social distance in the break right. areas? Um, you know, we don't have a cafeteria, but we have, you know, microwaves and vending machines and, you know, all that kind of stuff and refrigerators. So, but how do you social distance in there? Um, what do you think that's going to have like a, a, an impact? That was a huge thing for a lot of companies prior to this to, you know, just in February. I mean, let's remind everybody in February, it was very much an employee's market, right? If you could... I remember telling my daughter, it's like, Hey, she, she was asking me, you know, I have this opportunity to maybe go someplace else, but 
I know the people here, I like it here, but maybe we should go there. And, you know, in, in February, man, she yeah. had a pick. They, people were begging for good workers. Now we've got huge unemployment. What do you think is going to happen to those perks? Yeah, you- I mean, I think, I mean, the, and those were, those are a part of the, a huge, well, you know, they were part of an incentive to, to gain, right? employees right to 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 get to gain good um employees that would stay you know so how do you gauge you know you know that how where that's gonna go i i feel like we obviously have to shift our mentality in that aspect and you know for for some time for those types of perks to come back but you know at the same time you know yeah those were Great perks, huge incentives for an employee, you know, gyms, um, you know, I think like there's even some companies that have like saunas and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, those are, those are just like, you know, a company that, uh, like Facebook that has like a huge campus, you know, um, I don't know if I can say Facebook actually. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, everybody knows Facebook is is huge and their stuff. I've been to Google. Um, I, I've taken a, a tour of, of Google's offices uh, years ago, and they have they, they proudly show off one of their, uh, oh, gosh, I, it looks like an egg from Mork and Mindy dating myself there. But, you know, it's, it's like these egg mm. privacy pods. You know, how how many kind of things like that do you have that, you know, are at these large tech companies? I mean, it's it's whether it's, Apple, Google, Facebook, Twitter, you know, any, any Silicon Valley. I mean, that was one of the things that, that was actually kind of like a lure yeah. for Silicon Valley is come work for us because here's all these perks. It's not just being able to say, oh, I work for Facebook. It, you know, it's not just, oh, yeah, I, I make good money because I work for, for Apple and I get stock options. It, it was, I work for Apple. I'm working on these real cool, cool products and I get all these other perks, right? Yeah. I mean, that's. You know, because if you're working for Apple, or you're working for Facebook or right. Google. I mean, that's you know, yeah. that's that name recognition. But then, how do you differentiate? Right. Yeah, and those were like I said, those huge like for me, like I think they're huge incentives for for a job. You know, to because because at the same time you have that you have that those those sorts of sorts of perks. You know, create the work-life balance i mean those are those are reasons why those things exist right so you can be more comfortable and not have to you know need the 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 need to leave work for a meal or you know to relax you know so these these companies will create these um spaces for employees to just chill to meditate to you know i don't know you know work up a sweat or whatever um but the but the shift in mentality has to be well you know well you have those perks and incentives are sort of shifted to working from home and creating them on your own in a sense right and not a lot of us can do that right because a lot of us don't you know live in like small apartments you know depending on what city we live in you know and things like that yeah and and you and I had talked about this too. I think we did. Um, but you know, what is the difference? Um, yeah, we had talked about this, right. Where it's, if you get hired and you live in LA or you live in San Francisco or New York, right. That the, 
wage mm-hmm. that you expect from a job in LA, New York, you know, San Francisco, whatever, is naturally going to be more than a wage you would expect in, you know, Portland or Boise or, you know, Kansas City, right? It's, it's just the cost of living is not the same. And so, you know, maybe you need to be making, you know, $140,000 to live in, in New York, because that's, that that's what it takes to just have a, you know, thousand square foot apartment. Um, now, what happens if that person moves and they're, you know, working someplace else? Our company is going to look at it and say, well, I was paying you 130000 because you were living in L.A., but now because you decided to move to 2. Dot Montana, um, uh, maybe I'll pay you 90000 you know, what, is that something they could do? I mean, what's, I think that will be an interesting yeah, and I, piece. And I think it depends on forward. where we are, right? Right now we're in, in obviously in an economic crisis that we're experiencing. So, you know, do you want to keep your job and work and, you know, work in Montana instead? You know, some would say, yeah, I'm okay with that pay cut, you know, you know, or on the company side, do we want to keep this employee and maybe meet him halfway, you know? So, so who knows, like what's depending on the position, right? Like whether it's, you know, in higher demand and there's a scarcity for, for that particular role, I, I would see that maybe for like engineers or, you know, someone in data science, for example. Um, and, you know, depending on, on what the, what the workforce looks like. I know a lot of people are looking for work, so it's tough. It's a tough call. Like, does the employee just opt to take that pay cut or does the company, you know, like, does the company say, we'll just meet them halfway, you know, because we want to keep them or do they just say, forget it. We can hire someone else that's going to, that's going to be able to, you know, that's, that we, we can, that they will accept, you know, that 90,000, you know, salary. It, and I think that's actually going to be the, the interesting part as we come out of this is that there's, there are a lot of people right now that are unemployed. Um, I think you're going to see some people who have, t- who will take this work from home and treat it as like a right. Um, you know, and, and you, you have always, like you said, you've had this great attitude of, you know, I want to make sure that, that my employer, that the other people that I work with, the other people that I report into, that they know that I'm doing my job. And, and that's always been one of the big things that, you know, that you've had, but there's some people who, you know, will use this. I've, I've heard a lot of stories from other people where it's very clear that the productivity has gone down and people are using this time because there is a lack of an accountability. Um, you know, you can do your best, but if you, you can't see them, uh, they show up for the, the scheduled meetings, they respond in a somewhat timely manner. Uh, it's, it's hard to, to necessarily, especially in this short time frame, to justify that somebody is not doing the yeah. full extent of their job. And 
I, I think that's going to be the challenge as we go forward, because you could have some people that could see this, oh, I want to work from home forever. Um, you know, and I, I was talking with one of our HR people the other day is like, yeah, we've got some people who say they, they want to work from home and what do you do? And, and I joked, I said, some of them probably might be a little afraid of this virus, but at what point, if you go out to the bar, you know, two, three months from now, and you see them out at a bar or club and, and it's like, oh, so you're fine coming to the bar and being around all these other people, but you can't come mm. to work because you're afraid of the virus. You know, I, I, I'm sure there's going to be those cases that just, you know, human nature, somebody's going to try to get away with it. Um, what do you do in that situation? That's, that's going to be really hard. And is there somebody who's willing to step up and say, oh, you need me to come into the office and some days I could work from home? I'll, I'll do that. And could that person then come in and replace somebody else who sees this as a right? I, I think we're in this, it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of months um, and probably over the next year as this continues to mature and we move out of the honeymoon period and still you know, get, get into being able to just test people, um, test for the disease, test for antibodies, and then you've got the whole ones of vaccine yeah. going to come around. It's going to be an interesting yeah, definitely because there's that bit right where we're returning to to we're returning to work without a vaccine, and then the returning to work you know once the vaccine's in place, you know we don't know what that looks like, but you know definitely like you know before any type of remote work, you know in in you know to my knowledge was sort of like well how do you you know how how do you how do you sort of gauge, you know, the, the sort of employee's effort, the motivation, you know, like how do you retain employees, you know, when, when it's the efforts not like really perfectly observed, right? Like you don't really know exactly what they're doing, how they're doing it, um, you know, and, and unless there's, you know, some sort of like rubric and you have some sort of like metric where you, you're logging in <laughs> certain certain like tasks and, and your, you know, that's the way your job, what your job entails. It's sort of interesting. Yeah. Well, um, we've been going for way longer than what we thought out of Runchy, but this is our first episode. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, I speaking of using free tools, we're, we're using a, a free tool here. Um, and, and I think we've got an hour of recording time. Now okay. I can string these together. Um, but but let's 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 try to uh, to kind of see if we yeah. can't wrap this up. Um, because one of the things, just for the people that are listening, you know, where we want to go with this, and what I want to do is, I do want this to be, you know, a, a kind of a thought provoking thing. We'd like to get some other people, um, you know, as we, Eric and I, kind of mature in this podcasting piece, but some of the other topics that, you know, we want to talk about is like the accountability piece, you know, how, what does that look like in the new work from home piece? And talk about business tools, you know, how they change, how they're going to be used differently. You know, I've listened to some podcasts with the, the CEO from Slack and how they use some tools. And there's some interesting things there that, you know, cause there's, there's a, when we talk about social interactions, there's a lot of ways to interact socially in the digital space 
and how some of those cues, you know, it's, it's like, it's on Facebook when somebody likes something or if they don't like something, what impact can that have on somebody? And we have to start, I think, honestly, from uh, a human perspective, looking at that in the business world. Um, you know, what happens if you, do you need to respond? How do you deal with all those notifications? So there's, there's a lot of interesting things kind of there. Talking about hiring new employees, you know, AI was a concern before. Does AI come in as we start finding some of these pieces? Are there maybe parts of people's jobs that could be done by AI, processes and procedures that could, you know, kind of be replaced? All the unemployed people that are out there, a right has saying that, you know, work from home is a right. Uh, that could, could come into play. Um, pay based on regions, so many other things. Um, and then one of the things that I'd, I'd uh, oh, office design, what does office design look like? Uh, there's been some interesting talk on that. Business travel, you know, what is that going to look like? Uh, how's that going to be? How is that going to play out in the future uh, going forward, not just getting back to travel, um, different job perks. But one of the other things that I'd really like to get into, and Erica, I hope we can you know, have quite a few discussions on this, but how do you lead in this new environment? Because I think that really is going to be the challenge that everybody is going to have to deal with. And it, it, it's going to hit everybody from business owners down to, you know, a, a manager down to employees, like how can you really step up? And there's a lot of, you know, you said you're a millennial, but you know, how many, people now getting into the job force are going to have to adjust. And there's so many people that won't have answers because we haven't really experienced this before. And some of the things that used to be true or used to be good advice may no longer be going forward. So those are some of the things that I, I, I would like to talk about. And, uh, you know, as we move forward and have some more episodes, so that's kind of the plan. So Erica, just to, to wrap this up, what did you think of your first podcast? We're still recording this. By it's the great. Way. I like it. I, you know, I like the idea of, you know, providing my experience. You know, everyone's experience is unique. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely um, a trying time. You know, it's within the workplace, within our personal lives. And I feel like um, it's definitely a topic of discussion that more people need to have, you know? So. Yeah. Without that. Well, thank you so much for, for going on this journey with me and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and we'll sign off now. We'll figure out a name for this stupid podcast. We'll figure out what the heck it's going to be. Um, but thank you all for listening and hopefully we'll be doing this every week. We'll see how Eric and I can manage that. Um, but yeah, just, Check us out, tune in, and uh, let us know what you think, definitely. So please feel free to, to leave comments uh, with Eric. I will get a Twitter handle or something else once we figure out a name and, and go through all that stuff so we can keep it organized. Um, but thank you for listening. And Bye. Thank talk you. Talk to you all next week.